Heavenly Father, we thank you for the gospel message you have brought to us, the gospel message which means salvation for everyone who believes. Thank you for the rescue that you have given to us, the new life that you lead, lead us into. God, would you please strengthen us to be people who share that message with others. Please fill us with the Holy Spirit now as we listen to your word, as we listen to what you would say to us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Last Sunday I preached a sermon on Acts 2, 42 through 47, and the, the idea behind that sermon was that we should be devoted to the things that God wants us to do, that there are things that he has told us from his word that will be good for our faith and that we should do those. In Acts 2 we saw this wonderful picture of the early followers of Jesus Christ. After Jesus had died and risen again and then ascended into heaven, the, the church kept going. They kept meeting together. They kept studying God's word together. They continued in fellowship with each other. There were things that they were devoted to. And something else amazing happened as those believers gathered together and did those things. More and more people came to join them and were saved. Look how it said in Acts 2, 46-47. Every day they continued to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people. And listen to this part. And the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. So the early church was committed to living out their faith. That word continued that I underlined there in verse 46 is the word for devoted. They were devoted to living out their faith together and as they did that together, they, they earned the favor of the people around them and they had gospel witness such as other people came to know Jesus Christ as they lived out their lives together. Now today I want to continue this theme of being devoted. Last week we looked at being devoted to prayer and God's word and fellowship. Today I want us to consider what it means for us to be devoted to evangelism. Now simply put, evangelism means sharing the gospel. And simply put, the gospel is the message of salvation through faith in Jesus Christ. I was trying to think of a simple Bible passage that would get at this idea of the gospel and believing in Jesus Christ. And I was flipping through the New Testament and didn't, wasn't quite finding the right one. All of a sudden, I just kind of hit myself on the forehead. Like, of course, John 3.16. So this is, this is a verse here. I should have known that one as a passage. They should have covered that in seminary, right, Josh? Man. No. John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son that whoever believes in him shall not perish but have eternal life. As followers of Jesus, may we remember that our salvation happened because of what Jesus did for us through his life, his death, and his resurrection. And, and as God draws us to Jesus, as we recognize our need for Jesus, as we put our faith in Jesus, we are saved. We do not save ourselves. We, we cry out to God for our salvation, and he is pleased to give it to us through Jesus Christ. That is the gospel message. That is what saves you. It's what saves me. It's what saves the people around us as well as we bring the message to them. God saves them, but we have a part to play as we share that message with them. You see, John 3.16 reminds us that God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. May we so love the world as well that we tell them about the God who sent his son Jesus Christ to die for their sins. That's evangelism, and we should be devoted to it. Now, there are two parts to my sermon today. First, I want to walk through my favorite Bible passage on evangelism. And then second, I want to share with you a strategy for evangelism, a strategy that I think beautifully fits in with the passage that we're going to look at today. Although, as I say my favorite, now I'm also thinking about the Great Commission. That's a good one, too. So one of my favorite verses, passages on evangelism is Colossians 4, verses 2 through 6. I'd like to read it for you now. It says, Devote yourselves to prayer 
being watchful and thankful. And pray for us too that God may open a door for our message so that we may proclaim the mystery of Christ for which I am in chains. Pray that I may proclaim it clearly as I should. Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. Make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Now right away in verse 2 of that passage we see the phrase, devote yourselves. Devote yourselves here to prayer specifically is what it says. We are to be people who are devoted to prayer. It's kind of like what we said last Sunday, and actually the Sunday before that as Dan Schindler preached a message. The idea here is that we are to be devoted to prayer, but here it's not just prayer for the sake of prayer. Here it's prayer as part of an evangelism strategy. This passage was written by the Apostle Paul, a guy who was famous for for proclaiming the gospel far and wide, and here we get a glimpse into his evangelism strategy, and it starts with prayer. He was devoted to it, and he asked other people to pray for him as well. And as we go on to verses 3 through 4, we see what kinds of requests Paul asked for. He asked people to pray for his ministry, that God would open doors and that words would be given to him so that he could faithfully proclaim the gospel gospel message clearly as he should. Now, a big part of Paul's evangelism strategy was this idea of open doors. Paul knew that he was not the one who would go and beat down doors. Now, this is interesting to me because Paul is a guy, he traveled far and wide, and and if anybody could be looked at as as a door beater downer, it could have been the Apostle Paul. But his strategy, and we see this over and over again in his missions, was that he trusted that God would be the one who would open the doors. And so what did he do? He asked the people to pray that God would open those doors. Here's two quick verses on Paul's strategy of open doors. 1 Corinthians 16, 8-9a says, But I will stay on at Ephesus until Pentecost, because a great door for effective work has opened to me. Do you see that? Here's one of the greatest evangelists that ever lived, and, and his evangelism strategy was, I I don't open the doors, God does. So he prayed for open doors and he asked other people to pray for open doors. And then when he saw those open doors, he saw it as his work to go through those openings and to proclaim the gospel. Which is again why he also asked for people, uh, he asked people to pray for him that words would be given to him that he would proclaim the gospel clearly. I count five phrases in our passage today in which the words of the gospel are emphasized. The words of the gospel. So what we see in verses 2 through 4 of our passage today is what we could say is Paul's evangelism strategy. It's kind of like a missionary letter where he's asking for prayer requests and saying, this is what I want to do, this is what I want you to pray for me about. But then in verses 5 through 6, Paul makes a shift. In those verses, he's basically urging us to view ourselves as missionaries too. So again, the first part of this passage, it's his mission strategy, and then the second part of the passage is how you and I can view ourselves as missionaries. In verses 5 through 6, it's what I'm calling Missionary Training 101. And if I were to create a course description for this class, it would be this. How to share the gospel in your sphere of influence. How to share the gospel in your sphere of influence. Now let me explain that phrase, sphere of influence. You've heard that one before? Think of Think of all the people you know in your life as like a circle or a sphere that radiates out from you. Those are all the people you know. Those are people with whom you already have some influence in your life. And, And the idea behind this missionary training here is for you to see yourself as a missionary there. You're not just somebody who who knows these people and interacts with these people. You are also somebody who can influence 
these people. So I want you just to think about your sphere right now. So that's people like your friends, your family, your neighbors, your coworkers, your classmates. And I like to add one more category to that, your enemies, the, the people that maybe you don't get along with very well, but they're in your sphere. I want you to think about those people that God has already put in your path, and I want you to think about how you can have an influence on them. Now, Paul tells us how to do this. In verse 5, he starts out by saying, Be wise in the way you act toward outsiders. That's the second command in our passage today. The first command was to devote devote yourselves to prayer. And here now is the command to walk in wisdom towards outsiders. Now, outsiders is not a derogatory term here. It's simply a term for people who don't yet know Jesus as their Savior and Lord. And what are we to do? We're to be wise in the way we act towards them. We're to make the most of every opportunity. Now, let me say one thing that should be completely obvious here. If we're going to be wise in the way that we act toward unbelievers, it automatically assumes that we would interact with unbelievers. Some Christians, whether it's intentional or not, have so sealed themselves off from unbelievers that the only people they know anymore are believers. And and again, I say that sometimes we do this unintentionally. Sometimes we just, you know, we we like to hang around the people who are the same as us, and maybe it's a little uncomfortable sometimes the other people, so um, maybe we didn't even try to, but maybe most of the people that we know by now are believers. And I just want to challenge you on that, to keep your eyes open for the unbelievers that God has put in your path. And yes, of course, we, we are not to join with them in the sinful things they do. The Bible has lots to say about how we are not to contaminate ourselves with the, the sinful, the evil, the wicked things that they do. But we are, please hear me on this, we are supposed to interact with lost people. We're to be wise in the way we act towards them and to make the most of every opportunity. It's really hard to make the most of opportunities with outsiders if we're not going to be interacting with them. So please understand, we, we are challenged as missionaries in our sphere of influence to see the unbelievers around us and, and to have an, a gospel influence on them. I heard a great quote about evangelism a little while back. It says, evangelism is about who you know. Now, of course, we have to know Jesus. If, we're not going to be good evangelists if we don't know Jesus. But we also have to know lost people. If, we're, if we know the gospel message as clearly as it can be known, but we never share it with other people, that we're not successful evangelists. So let, let's be people who are wise in the way we act towards outsiders. It takes wisdom to know how to do this. And I'll talk more about this in my second part of my sermon. But for now, I just want you to take a look around your life and, and see those people that God has already put in your path. And I want you to be wise in the way you interact with them. And like it says in verse 6, we are to learn how to speak to them with gracious words seasoned with salt. Grace is important because the gospel message is a message of grace. We were all sinners. We all needed to be rescued. And it's the grace and the mercy of God that he sent Jesus to save us from our sins. So we are to learn how to share that message with grace. I don't see condemnation in, in this verse. I see grace. We, we do also see that phrase seasoned with salt. And what I think that means is that we are to learn how to, how to sprinkle our conversations with truth. We are, we are to learn how, in the course of daily conversations, to learn how to talk about the things that really matter, the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We are to get that into our conversation. And we are to have these, these answers to be able to give to anyone. Which, again, I think that takes some wisdom. It's not just that we would know the answers. Look at that. So that you may know how to answer everyone. 
so that you would actually be able to get your message across to them. We are to be wise in this. We are to trust that God will open these doors. So as I wrap up this first part of my sermon today, I want to share with you my big idea. We are to be on mission for the gospel. The Apostle Paul was living his life on mission for the gospel, and now he challenges us to live like that as well. The gospel is wonderful news. Do you remember how wonderful it was when you first heard it? Some of you are maybe thinking, well, I was a kid. I don't, I don't even remember. I just grew up with it. I always knew it. Uh, but for others of you, do, you, do you remember how good it was? Or maybe even for those of you who grew up with it, do you remember a time in your life where you really grasped these concepts of forgiveness and grace? Think about how good that message is for us. And now think about the people around you. And please know, if the gospel is good news for you, it's good news for them as well. The gospel is the power of God for the salvation of everyone who believes. That's Romans 1. And I pray that we will be committed to sharing this wonderful news. So again, as we take a step back and, and look at Colossians 4, 2 through 6 as a whole, what I think we see in there is Paul's personal evangelism strategy and then a challenge from Paul for us to engage in evangelism in our sphere of influence. So I want to move on to the second part of my sermon now. And in this part of my sermon... I want to share with you a strategy for evangelism that I think fits in really well with this passage. It's called the Prayer, Care, Share strategy, which is also called the Lighthouse Movement. Um, so I've just given you the next three points in my sermon there. Prayer, Care, Share. I want to tell you a little story of where I learned this strategy. Right after I graduated from college, I went on staff with Campus Crusade for Christ. And I was given my assignment to go to the University of Wisconsin-La Crosse. It's a city, not a sport. It is a sport, too, but it's also a city. And there was a university there. And I had heard that this, this ministry of Campus Crusade for Christ at, at UW-La Crosse was considered nationally as one of the most thriving ministries that they had. It was a ministry in which people were coming to Christ and growing in their faith and helping other people come to Christ. They were known specifically for how the gospel was going forth and lost people were coming to Christ. So um, I think I went there with a little bit of arrogance, like, sweet, I'm getting called up to the Yankees, and I'm gonna, they're winning World Series, and I'm going to be a big part of it. Um, but I was humbled when I got there, and, and I want to share with you a little bit of that. Um, now, I think it was a movement of God, and we shouldn't you know, break it down and just look at the mechanics of it such that we would forget what God was doing, but I think that there's something we can learn from there. And, and what I want to share with you is this prayer-care-share strategy. So here's the story of it. Um, Every other Monday night, we would get together in the cross with our student leaders. So there would be like 30 to 40 student leaders that would come together in a room, and we would share stories. And what I was amazed at was basically every meeting, there would be some, some new student, some different student, who was telling a story of how they led somebody to Christ. And I was just amazed at what was happening. And, and one of the ways that it was happening was through this prayer, care, share strategy, which I want to share with you right now. So, the first point in it is obviously prayer. As we saw in verse 2 of our passage today, we are challenged, commanded to be devoted to prayer. Paul asked people to pray for his ministry, for open doors, and for words to be given to him to share the gospel clearly. And I love this. Our evangelism starts with prayer. So if you can pray, you are well on your way to being a successful evangelist. You've maybe heard me say before that prayer isn't just the first step in evangelism, it's the first 17 steps. So again, if you can pray, you are well on your way to being a successful evangelist. But now let's think of the flip side of that. 
why is it you think that, that too many Christians aren't successful in sharing the gospel? Maybe it's because we've forgotten to pray about it. So, so maybe we, in general, just need to hear a rebuke in this. Let us be devoted to prayer. Let's be devoted to prayer as we think about joining with God. Because evangelism is God's work. He is the one who saves people. When we pray, we, we join with him and say, God, here I am, you can use me. Whatever it is you want to do in this world, in this city, in the, with the people I know, you can use me, God. See, I like to think of evangelism not just as a mission, but as a co-mission. We join with God in what he's doing. So the first step is prayer, that we would be devoted in prayer. Let me give you a couple of tips on this. First tip, make a list of people to pray for. Now, when we were back in La Crosse, we would actually have cards that we would hand out to people. And, and maybe I should have had one of those for you today, but uh, I, want, I want to challenge you. Make a list of people to pray for. These are people that maybe don't yet know Jesus. Now, you're not judging them by putting them on that list. Far from it, you're praying for them. So make your list of prayer. And I want to challenge you to pray through that list of people. Maybe you put three names on it. Maybe you you put ten names on it. Uh, I just want to challenge you to come up with the list and actually pray for it. We we would sometimes tell people, put that that list in your pocket or next to your keys so that when you take your keys out and set them down, that might be a time where you pray through those people on that list. So I want to challenge you. Pray, Pray for those people. Pray for open doors. Pray for the words to be given you to share the gospel with them. And then the second tip here, as you're praying, be watchful and thankful, like it says in verse 2. We're watching for what God is going to do. Remember, he's the one who opens the doors. We don't break the doors down. We trust that he opens the doors. And then we're thankful. Let's remember, one of the greatest privileges that we can have in life is to share the gospel message with people, to help them know Jesus as their Savior and Lord. As you look back at your life whether that's five years from now, 50 years from now, you are going to want to look back and have seen the influence that you have had on other people helping them know Jesus and grow in their faith. So what should you do? You should pray about it. So I want to challenge you on this. I really, I think that there will be something powerful that happens amongst us if we are devoted to prayer like this. So don't let this one slip aside. Let's pray, let's see those doors that God is opening, and let's make the most of every opportunity when he opens those doors. So how do we do that? How do we, as we're praying, we're looking for those opportunities, what can we do? Well, let's move on to our second step here, care. In this step, we're looking for those opportunities. We're commanded in verse 5 of our passage to be wise in the way we act towards outsiders and to make the most of every opportunity. And I think that part of the way that we live out this command is to look for ways to share God's love. That, that's part of the wisdom that is called for here, that we would use our God-given brains to see the circumstances around us and to see how we can care for people. You see, people might not be ready to hear the gospel from us if all we do is to come at them with the words of the gospel. The, Think about that. And it just makes perfect sense as we think that they might be much, much more ready to hear the words of the gospel if they have seen the love of God in your actions already. So we're already praying. God's already moving. We look for those opportunities. We show the love of God. That's what this step number two is here, that we care for people. We look for ways to serve. Jesus modeled this in his ministry. He fed the hungry. He healed the sick. Now, we might wish that we could do miracles just like Jesus did, 
But even if God doesn't give us that supernatural ability to do miracles, I would say that we can still show the love of God to people through the actions that we show to them. So let's look for ways to care for people. And I have two tips again for you on this point. The first tip is listen to people. Listen. Let's not gain reputations as people who are just so quick to give our opinion. Most people like it when you let them talk. Have you ever noticed that? If you have not noticed that, please notice that. Okay, People like to talk. They like it when you actually listen to them, when you ask questions that show that you're listening to them. And as you listen, what I want you to do is to look for those doors that God might be opening. Because as you hear them talk, you might just see the door opening. And then my second tip, as you're listening, look for these ways to serve. So the tip is to serve. Listen specifically for their needs. Maybe they need help with a project at home. Maybe they need a ride somewhere. Maybe they need someone to watch their kids. Listen to them. Figure out how you can serve them. And as we show love in that way, it could very well be that God will open a door for you to share the words of the gospel, which leads us to our next point, which is share. The goal in this part of the evangelism strategy is that we would share the truth of the gospel message with people so that they would receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord. But honestly, as I say that, I just want to admit to you that, that this is still a big struggle for me. After I, I call this the million-dollar question in my life. How do we best share the gospel with lost people? And honestly, I still don't have all the answers. Here, I'm, I'm giving a sermon on it. I've got a strategy here for you. But honestly, I, I still struggle with this one. I would say on almost a day-to-day basis, I still struggle with how do we best get the gospel out there. Now, um, a couple of different ways you could go with that. One, you could get so frustrated that you don't do anything with it. But I don't think that's the way to go. I heard um, one pastor called it a holy discontent. And, and the, the discontent that we should have is the discontent of the gospel not going out. We should, we should never be okay with the gospel not going out. But what we should do positively with that is to keep our eyes open. Remember, we're already praying for people. This is God's work. We keep our eyes open. We're watchful in it. And we, we look for those opportunities that God is giving. And as we're doing that, let's remember to use our words. Like I said, this passage, Colossians 4, 2-6, through 6, emphasizes the words of the gospel going forth. It's not just actions. That's one of the things I love about this prayer, care, share strategy. It's not just actions. We do those actions. That's a huge part of our strategy. But it's not the end-all, be-all of the strategy. The, the goal is that people would hear the gospel and put their faith in Christ. Look at verse 6 in our passage. Let your conversation be always full of grace, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how to answer everyone. Two words in there, conversation and answers. Both of those require your words. So let's share the words of the gospel. Have gospel conversations with people. Here's another verse, Romans 10:17. It says, Consequently, faith comes from hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. Do you see what that says? The people in your sphere of influence, the people on that list that you want to come to know Jesus, they are going to come to faith through hearing the message, and the message is heard through the word of Christ. We are to give them the words of the gospel. So let's join with God in this. Let's figure out how we can do that, practically speaking. And here's where the rubber meets the road, and here's where it gets, I think, still challenging to figure out how to do it. But I have a couple of tips with you again. First, Share a meal. 
So we're talking about the share part of our strategy and we're, we're trying to share the gospel, but one way that maybe you could do that is to share a meal with somebody. Let's think back again to Acts 2, 46 through 47, like we went through last Sunday. It says, They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts, praising God and enjoying the favor of all the people, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. You see what was happening there? They were just living out their Christian lives. They were eating with other people, and people came to Christ in the midst of all that. It reminds me of a story, and I'm a, I'm a little ashamed to share this story because it was such a good evangelism strategy that I was part of unintentionally. So um, it starts out with, I had moved back as a senior in college at NDSU. I had moved back into the dorms, into Stockbridge Hall, to, to lead a Bible study and to share the gospel with people. So I was very intentional about leading that Bible study and about starting gospel conversations with people, even with people that I didn't know. But unintentionally, what we would do is one or two times a week, we would just get a bunch of people together and we'd go and have a meal together and we'd just have fun. We'd talk about stuff. And it's funny to me that all that, that gospel strategizing I did in the other ways, yeah, there was some fruit to it, but there was a lot of fruit in this unintentional strategy of just hanging out with people and having a meal together. It was some of those people that started coming to our Bible study and I think even came to Christ that year. So I share that with you to, to give you a challenge. Here's the challenge. Sometime in the next month, and I plan to talk about this a month from now, sometime in the next month, I, I challenge you to share a meal intentionally with somebody who maybe doesn't know Jesus yet. I, I would love for you to invite them to a meal. Maybe you go out to eat with them. Maybe you invite them into your home. Um, I'm so serious about this that I'll even pay for it if, if you're unable to. Although, I was thinking about that. and um, It's your investment. This, this should be something that you would gladly give of yourself to do. So I will. If, if you're unable to pay for that meal, I will, I will do it. But if... If you're able to do it, I want to challenge you to use your time and your treasure to share food with somebody who maybe doesn't yet know Jesus and, and try to talk about the meaningful stuff of life. Think about what God could do if we're praying, if we're listening to those people, if we're caring for them, and if we're meeting with them and sharing the gospel with them. Think of what God can do. Now, the goal isn't just that we would share a meal. So my second, second tip here is to share the gospel. As you've been praying, as you've been listening, as you've been building a relationship, look for how you can share the words of the gospel. Please don't stop short of sharing the gospel. I've heard so many Christians talking about their non-Christian friends or whoever it is, and they say, oh, they know where I stand. And you know what I've found out? That those non-Christians probably don't know the gospel as well as you think they do that just by watching your life they may have learned some things, but please don't stop short of sharing the words of the gospel because so many people don't know what it means to receive Jesus as their Savior and Lord. So th there's a great tip, by the way, too. Just ask people, do you know what it means to know Jesus as your Savior and as your Lord? You can tell them those are two of the, two of the great names for Jesus in the Bible. Do you know what they mean? Can I explain them to you? Or another way that you can share the words of the gospel is to invite people to come with you to church where they will hear the gospel. Whether it's me or Pastor Josh or somebody else speaking here, we try to get the gospel in here every Sunday so that if you bring people, they will hear the gospel. Now, at this point, I want to invite up somebody who heard the gospel at church. So uh, he's, he's a little uh, shy about doing... Not, not shy is not the word. Terrified, is that the word? So... Uh, 
we, we get it, right? I was just talking to somebody. You know, here's a little joke. Um, people, more people are scared of public speaking than they are of dying. So at a funeral, they'd rather be in the casket than giving the eulogy. And so would you rather be in a casket right now? Okay, probably. Okay, so um, this is Adam Lurbachen, for those of you that don't know him. Um, I just have a few questions that I wanted to ask Adam. Um, so let's go back, reverse the clock about two years. If we, we talk about two paths, there's one path where we're walking with Jesus, and there's another path where we're just kind of going our own way. Where were you? I was going my own way. Okay. Um, not, not a difficult uh, question for you to answer right there, huh? Um, now, something happened. I think that's on. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't, I didn't flip it on. He said he was not going, my own way. going his own way. Okay. That's too loud. <laughs> he'll, he'll, do the, he'll do the volume back there. You just leave it on. Okay. Yep. Leave it on. Um, but then, all of a sudden, you came to church. Why did you come to church? Uh, I think we came here to see... Uh, Kevin and Jody give their testimony. Yeah, okay. So they were given their testimony and they, they invited you, right? Yes. And, and why was it that you thought, hey, going to church, that sounds like a decent thing? Because uh, it's good. Uh, it, it, uh, we probably needed a little bit of God back in our lives. Again. Yeah, okay. So you were at a spot in your life where you kind of knew that you weren't on the right path. You knew that the church might have a different path to suggest for you. And then your friends invited you to come to church. What was it then about the gospel message that you heard that made you realize your need to put your faith in Christ? Uh, just some choices that we were making. And just, mm-hmm. you know, raise our family in a uh, God-treating family. Yeah. And, uh, just... The way, the way I and we weren't living was not real particularly yeah. well. Okay. So I remember uh, meeting Adam at church about a, oh, back at the beginning of 2017, I think, and uh, Adam and I, would, we, we got together every once in a while, was able to share the gospel with him. In fact, I remember the day, I don't know if you remember the day, it was March 16th, and I remember that because it was 316, kind of like John 316, and that was the day where you prayed a prayer to receive Jesus Christ as your Savior and Lord. And I said, I sure remember that day, and remember that verse. But, um, yeah, you remember that day. Good. So Adam was invited to church by his friends. They just said, hey, come with us. And he came and uh, ended up praying to receive Christ as Savior and Lord. And, uh, you know, we're all a work in progress, right? every single one of us. But praise the Lord that, that God got his message across to Adam. And part of it was through a simple invitation to come to church. So thank you, Adam. That, that wasn't too painful, was no, it? it was okay, no, good. be looking for ways to share the gospel. So again, um, have a meal with somebody. Invite them to come to church with you. Here's another one. Write a letter. Think about it. You go to the mailbox. You get your stack of mail. Bill. Advertisement. 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 Bill. Personal letter? What in the world? Which one are you opening first? You're going to open that personal letter, aren't you? Um, I I did that this week. I I wrote a letter to some people that I've been praying for for a long time. Um, And in that I wrote a letter to them and I also gave them a copy of my book, uh, which is another strategy. Just give something gospel-related to people. Um, I've got a book that I wrote for this very purpose. There's lots of other good stuff out there as well. But let's be thinking and praying about how we can share the gospel with people because it is the good news of salvation for everyone who believes. So again, we are to be on mission for the gospel. And like I said earlier, this is a co-mission. Think of what God is already doing. God is drawing people to Jesus. God loves them. He loves the world, even the lost, rebellious, wicked people of the world. He loves them. Jesus has already died for our sins. Also, in John 17, Jesus said that he was sending out his followers into the world just as he was sent. 
Now, we are his followers. We are to be sent out into the world with this gospel message. The Holy Spirit also is working on the hearts of non-believers to convict them of their sin and to show them their need for Jesus. So God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, they are all engaged in this rescue mission. Let's join with them on this co-mission. A quick story to end us here. Um, Acorns everywhere. Anybody notice that? Anybody have oak trees just everywhere in our yard? It gets to the point where it's like a roller rink in our, our sidewalk in our yard. And finally we just decided we've got to do something to take care of this. So I said, kids, we're picking up acorns. I got out the shop back. I thought that would kind of just suck them up all really quick. It wasn't as good as I thought it would be. But, uh, so my, my four kids and I, we were all out there. We were sucking up, raking, picking up acorns. And uh, we got like three bags full of acorns. So it was, it was my work. It was my job. I think I picked up the most acorns too. But um, Bregan, I can pick up acorns the best of them. But, but my kids joined with me. And honestly... We had fun. I think my kids would even say that they had fun picking up those acorns. And we were able to look back at what we did. And I, I, we're not for hire, by the way. We're, we're done. But, but I think about that. Evangelism is God's work. He is the one who is bringing lost people to Jesus. And he likes it when we join with him in that process. So let's not sit this one out. Let's not assume that evangelism is just for missionaries or even just for pastors. Let's all join in this work through prayer, through caring for people, and through sharing the gospel with them. Let's, let's trust that God can continue to bring the lost to Jesus. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we thank you again for bringing the gospel to us. We thank you for, for sending those people into our lives that helped us understand who you are and how we could put our faith in Jesus Christ. And now, God, we give of ourselves to you. In prayer, we offer ourselves as your servants. God, we we pray for those people around us. We pray that you would open doors for the gospel message, that you would prepare hearts for the gospel, and that you would give us the words to say. We pray that as part of that, you would help us to care for people, to, to listen to their needs, to help out with their needs, to show your love to them. And God, we also pray that, that you would help us to share the words of the gospel. We pray that you would open doors for that to happen and help us proclaim your gospel boldly and fearlessly and clearly as we should. God, thank you for the gospel. We pray that the gospel would continue to spread rapidly and bear fruit. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.